Well, good day, everyone. Hello. Um, we are once again here with you. Glad for those of you who have joined us for a time of communion and sharing a few minutes, whatever else God is saying to us. So we're going to go to um, communion in just a few minutes. You know, I've had, I think, three or four people um, send me uh, yesterday and uh, something that's just uh, very interesting about uh, this time we're in. I'm sure several of you, or maybe the way things get around now, you could almost say everybody's seen it, but probably not. It's worth uh, touching on just for a moment before we do our communion. And... You know, the word quarantine um, is a time period, you know, the, the, the Latin root word of the, is, is, is 40, cuarentena in Spanish. And, um, and so here's, here's what this thing said. And again, some of you have seen it. The official lockdown started March 23rd and will likely end May 1st. Uh, that seems to be where we're going. So that is exactly 40 days. And 17 weeks, the 17th week of the year. 17th week of the year. I think that might be upcoming here. Yeah, there's little different versions of this. So the flood lasted 40 days. 40 years, Moses fled Egypt. 40 days, Moses stayed on Mount Sinai to receive the commandments. Mm. Exodus lasted 40 years. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Um, optimum number of weeks for human gestation is 40 and it's, you know, it's, it's a group of theologians thinks the number 40 represents change. It is a time of preparing a person or a person to make a fundamental change. You could say shift. Um, something will happen after these 40 days. Just believe and pre prepare. Remember the number 40 appears uh, in the Bible where there is a change. It's like after 40. And I've been following it's that good. for some time as well. That we have passed 40 jubilees since Jesus was on the earth oh really yeah 40 times 50 you know it's 2000 wow. and so that's significant and people have noted that during this quarantine the rivers are cleaning up vegetation is growing the air is becoming cleaner uh less theft and murder healing is happening and most importantly people are turning to christ yeah we're hearing a lot of testimony on that the earth is at rest for the first time in many years and hearts are being transformed and so yeah we are in the year 2020 and 20 plus 20 is 40 and 2020 is the year of the united states census jesus christ to save the world was born during a census and again 2020 is perfect vision so there's these things uh that some alignment some alignment there that kind of seems to go beyond uh coincidence for the for this year and uh uh speaks into the uniqueness of of what we're going through and what we're processing right now. We keep hearing from more and more people who say that they are just changing. They, they find themselves changing. They're processing things different. They're, uh, they're clinging to values. They're uh, in, in, a, in a new way. You could say it's repentance, but it's a real voluntary, uh, slow, uh, probably for some, it's a fast burn towards repentance, but some, it's, it's as things become clear, as the fog and smoke of disinformation clears up, uh, 
of course, there's still a big fog uh, going out there, and the 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 media uh, and the dark forces behind it don't don't give up. But they're in a losing battle. There's increased clarity that's that's taking place, and so it's good to continue to honor the Lord together and and um, come together for these times of of communion, and um, and so we're going to go ahead and go to. Uh, for those of you doing it with us, we're going to take the bread now. And here you go, Elizabeth. And Lord, we just thank you again for the bread, symbolic of your body that was broken for us. You gave it all. Jesus, you gave it all. Holy Spirit, you gave it all, have been giving it all. Father, you gave it all by allowing your son, your perfect innocent and no way deserving of anything and particularly the price he paid here on earth and so we often recognize how hard this was for jesus but you as father um it, we know it could not have been any harder for you as well and so we understand from the trinity from heaven you have a vested interest and seeing the price that was paid for humanity and for this world come to something more than just escaping from it and leaving it for the devil. So we thank you that in our day, in our time, in our day, you're going to make your known, make known your ways as never before. And that we are at this juncture in history. So we take this bread symbolizing your body broken for us, realizing that in it symbolizes the price you paid and your intentions for humanity at large. Amen. And now the cup that represents the blood, the price that you paid for everything we just talked about. And as we go into this moment uh, of jointly taking communion, Lord, we ask in this moment of agreement we, we never want to take it lightly. What you have clearly laid out in Scripture, the power of agreement, one puts a thousand, two puts ten thousand, and we know we have enough here, those online and those that end up calling in, Lord, there's a real power of agreement, of releasing who you are, your grace, your glory into the whole of society for your roar to be released all across this land, all across the nations of the world. We agree with you, Lord. We know it was the price you paid. We thank you how it applies to us individually. And now we say, Lord, take it to the next level. Do marvelous, do exceedingly abundantly above what we could even imagine for this time and day. In Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God of all hope, release a full measure of hope to us now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, Elizabeth. So you want to share a little bit more of these golden nuggets on wisdom that you've been getting. Yes, Holy Spirit.
personified in wisdom. Wisdom is personified in Holy Spirit. They're, I believe, one in the same. And um, wisdom is not just a spiritual concept or a reality apart from God. It is God himself, just like love is God himself. And if you trace true wisdom back to its source, it'll always take you back to um, the Holy Spirit who's always pointing at, at the Father. And so I want to just go into a little more um, uh, on wisdom as Holy Spirit. And first I'll make um, my fourth point. We have talked about wisdom as surrender. We've talked about humility as wisdom's partner because it allows us to actually walk in what is wise and recognize it anywhere in anyone it's coming through. Um, we talked yesterday about wisdom helps us learn from others' experience so that we don't have to go through something the hard way ourselves to learn it or benefit from it. It's a shortcut. And today, the point is wisdom is applied knowledge. Wisdom is applied knowledge. So you can know something and not apply it and um, miss out on wisdom. Mm -hmm. So if you think about uh, knowledge, knowledge is not just the facts. Knowledge is the facts in the context of the bigger truth. And when you take facts and you put them in the context of a bigger truth and then you apply it to a situation or an issue, then you're, you're partnering with Holy Spirit as wisdom. And um, if we know something but we don't actually apply it um what's the point of it <laughs> you know it puffs us up knowledge puffs you up um it produces pride and it's vanity and so to me what that actually means is it's just re-emphasizing the whole point of intimacy with the lord God doesn't ever want to just give us information for the sake of information. He gives us access to information, to facts, to truth, to context, because he wants conversation around it. He wants partnership with it. He wants ultimately anything that produces greater relationship with us. And so he didn't make us... He didn't put us in a position on earth to be dependent on him because he he has some ego that needs stroking. He put us in the in this position of needing him and being dependent on him because he wanted relationship with us. You know, none of us um if you intentionally had children you didn't you didn't have them thinking, yeah, I want to produce something that's going to like need me the rest of its life <laughs> you know you don't you don't think that way because you're made in God's image and that's that's how God is he's not trying to produce something that's just dependent on him for the sake of it we we have children because we want relationship with them and um, that's why he 
has us. He wants relationship with us. So um, when we don't listen to the voice of wisdom, Holy Spirit, and we don't surrender our independence, um, we Proverbs 2 verse 31 says that we eat the bitter fruit of our own ways. That's from the Passion Translation. We eat the bitter fruit of our own ways when we don't listen to the voice of wisdom and we don't surrender our independence um, to him. You know, this our, our relationship to freedom and independence is frontline having everything to do with what's happening in our nation right now, and at least in the United States. And a lot of people are really wrestling with this idea of the our constitutional rights and how we come out of quarantine and, um, you know, does, does the federal government have the voice in that or is it the local government and the governors, etc. Rather than get into all of that, I'm just pointing out that it is I believe something we will look back on from this quarantine, this these forty days, this 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 season of um, God doing something in our midst. I believe we'll look back on that, and one of the main things that we'll look back on is this this wrestling over our freedom. And uh, I think another word for freedom is your independence, your your ability to choose or not choose something for yourself. And um, I believe that's a really, really big deal to God because of his desire for intimacy. You can't have true relationship, true intimacy with someone when they're not given the freedom of choice and the, the ability to be independent if they want to be. So... Jesus is like everything to us, and he's a huge gift that the Father gave us. Holy Spirit is an amazing gift that the Father gave us. But I want to throw out there this idea that the biggest gift of all that God ever gave us was the gift of freedom, the gift of free will. And it cost him the very thing that he wanted the most in the garden the potential for us to choose between eating of this tree or not cost him everything. That's the whole reason why he had to send Jesus. That's the whole reason why Jesus had to send Holy Spirit is to redeem the option that he gave us. But he gave us that option. I don't think it surprised him that Adam and Eve chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and assert their independence in that way, I don't think it surprised him one bit. I think it um, it was quite intentional on his part, knowing how this would all play out. Um, and it, it secured for him um, the potential for the intimacy and the true relationship that he wanted with sons and daughters, different than the relationship he has with spiritual beings like angels. You know, once they've seen God and they've been in his glory and, you know, how could you, I guess Satan rebelled, but I don't understand how you could rebel once you see him in his fullness. And so for us to be on this side of heaven, this side of eternity, 
in our limited perspective of God and of the spiritual realm, for us to have an environment to choose or not choose him is everything to him. Because when we do, in that position, choose him, it's real. It's something that we take into eternity with us and with him. It's, it is the marriage of a mature bride and Jesus, our groom. It's a bride choosing and saying yes for all of eternity to her, um, to her groomsman, to Jesus. And so back to this idea of wisdom, ultimately, to have a relationship with wisdom, with Holy Spirit, it requires us to surrender the biggest gift we've ever been given, which is our independence. And using the analogy again of like when you have a teenager, the best case scenario you can ever hope for with your child as they go through their teen years is that they discover their independence, make a few mistakes that don't like cost them everything (laughs) and cause you and them a lot of pain. And in that time of discovering their independence, they discover the fact that they need more than just themselves. And they surrender that independence and say, first of all, Jesus, I want to be dependent on you. And second of all, mom and dad, I want your wisdom in my life. I want you to speak into my life. Even though I don't have to choose it, I do choose it. And so you move forward with this great relationship where you've got uh, an adult that is wise enough to understand that they need to surrender their independence to be dependent on God and be dependent on God using other people in their lives. So when you apply that general understanding to this bigger picture of what is what God is doing in the earth right now, I believe he is... We can't grow in the if, the, if the whole point is to grow in the knowledge of God, we can't possibly go to that next level of the knowledge of God without understanding and wrestling with this idea of freedom. And, and what that means to me, when I think of us as reformers, those of you listening and um, you know many that will come over the next several years into our global community of reformers, I see this as really a huge, important uh, issue and discussion because from my perspective, because of all of that, the goal is not to promote Christianity in the earth or in the United States. The goal is to fight for the values of the kingdom, knowing that the king comes with his kingdom. And I'm not saying don't ever talk about Jesus. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about as a reformer, the goal is to bring changes to society that represent the king's heart through his better ways of doing things, through his kingdom. And if we do that well, people won't smell an agenda. They will experience and encounter practical expressions of the love of the Father in ways that that affect their lives. And they'll know that it's Christians that are that are participating in that. And people can connect the dots. And in in that process, we're not 
we're not overstepping the very precious thing that God gave us, which is people's independence, their ability to choose, number one, do they want a relationship with God or any faith? And, and let them choose, let them have their journey as long as we keep, obviously, you know, laws and enforce laws that keep um, others from being affected by our independence. So even independence has boundaries, clearly. You can't be so independent that you can decide, you know, what's murder and what's not and blah, blah, blah. Going into the weeds in that. So I will... Um, I was going to go into Ephesians 1, but I took a little longer on that part. Do you want to jump in at this point, honey, and add anything? Well, you know, I was just thinking. I don't know if I fully processed it. I usually process first on paper. You usually process first up in the air, external processor. I'm an internal processor. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's interesting. In the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... And the whole perspective of did God know? And of course he knew that they were going to choose that. And why did he know that? Because they're made in his image. And Satan says he knows you'll be godlike. And so there is, there is a natural appeal and curiosity. We're made in his image. And so we're pulled towards that. And, and so that was no surprise uh, to God. And if we look at what is he looking for, he's looking for companionship. And the companionship he got from Lucifer was not enough. And it seems that Lucifer uh, greatly resented that as well. Like he resented the fact that God wanted more than just relationship with him and the angels. But he understood that um, there's something different about one's made in his image and how much he can trust him with. I believe he's looking for, you know, his bride that he can trust with, with the next level uh, trust with greater greater things, greater measures of glory, power, creativity than Lucifer. He never could trust Lucifer with creativity at all. You never see that, that he ever allowed him to speak things, speak things into existence. And so he's looking for us and he wants to cultivate his image in us. But you see that what took place there, it's it's... This thing of being godlike, and there's other scriptures that talk about us being godlike, and he, you know, he asks us to ask of him the nations. He asked that of Jesus originally, and there's this whole participation with his creativity and his creative word that he wants us to 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 be a part. But it's all about it happening with guardrails, with boundaries, and um, the boundaries are, you know, he's the king of kings, so he's okay with us being kings. As long as we know he's the king of the kings. And that's the boundary that gets established when you know you need a savior, you need a redeemer. That's you bow down to Jesus. And so there is something about that being the doorway into heaven. The doorway into this next level where there's no limits. And again, I have not seen, the earth not heard, not just the beauty of what he has there, but even the assignments that are that are before us but there's something about having to bend and go through this door and not by and not be like lucifer said he was defiled by his own beauty i will be like the most high he was he uh, he had the, he, there was no small door for him to go through there was no bowing he had to go through so it's not that he wants to discourage um this this part of creativity and and understanding 
what we can be, but it's all with the boundary, the boundary of, well, he, but we're, yeah, we're kings. He's the king, you know, it's the, the fence around it, the guardrails around this, this whole process. And that's how, how wisdom takes place. And so you can see the wisdom of God, even in, 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 in action, um, even we'll say if the, the production or the, uh, advancement of, uh, creatures that can interact with him at a high level and and what it cost of him what it required of him um, for that and why there is um, an upgrade it says you know he made us in psalms made us a little lower than the angels but more glory destined for us and i think that's what it is he can just straightforward make amazing creatures but to get the godlike oh this is the last point the godlike uh, characteristic that he can interact with we it, it requires process mm-hmm. and I was thinking of just like the Trinity they do everything in in uh, in communion with each other mm-hmm. there's a consensus that takes place they they operate in respect and consensus it's not a me myself you can see the whole process of redemption and how this plan was advanced was with a heavy participation with all three. Mm-hmm. There's the father uh, coming up with the plan, but then being having to be willing to see his son uh, suffer the way he did. And then the son goes back to the father. The father sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's on assignment to be here. In the last days, I'll pour out of my Holy Spirit on my sons and daughters, and all these things happen. They have a joint participation in everything. They have this this community, this consensus, this valuing of somebody else other than yourself, which is that rugged individualism that Lucifer, I will not surrender, I am God, I am all that. And so that in all that is is the wisdom of God is is made manifest and portrayed. And um it's what he's um it it, it just speaks into the, the brilliance of of who he is and and what he's what he's doing. So anyway, those are that's that really processing. good, and I, I think, you know, that rebellion that you're talking about is something that we've all felt at times within ourselves, and and it's just a really good season as we're transitioning towards Pentecost, and we're focused on relationship with Holy Spirit, and how do we want to partner with Holy Spirit coming out of quarantine in practical, real, everyday kind of ways that'll bring change to the areas of culture that we have influence in, part of of growing in our relationship with wisdom, with Holy Spirit, is growing in our ability to recognize points of rebellion within ourselves mm-hmm. and continually surrendering. I think that's why when um, uh, in Scripture it talks about be being filled, continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just supposed to be a one-time mm-hmm. thing that happens to us. It's a it's an ongoing infilling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, there's an ongoing surrender mm-hmm. um, and, and a living, breathing, moment-by-moment relationship with the one who brings conviction, not shame. And shame pushes us towards rebellion because we're constantly trying to prove ourselves. And if you're trying to prove yourself, then you're doing things in your own strength. But if you, if you walk in a relationship with the one who brings conviction rather than shame, then you're more easily able to just 
factually see, oh, that's evidence of rebellion in my heart or in that action that I just chose. So, okay, Holy Spirit, I surrender that to you again and fill me up again. And I rely on you and your strength in that area to gird me up and and to deal with that that evidence of rebellion in me. Yeah, um, it's good. We we expect that of of the teenagers around us, the teenagers in in our own lives or in in society itself. You get nothing, man. Nothing will tick me off worse than I see like evidence of rebellion in a teenager that's like being mean to somebody or you know whatever it's just something like you just want to like spank them <laughs> I'm, I'm not even talking about mine I'm I'm just talking in general and and again it's easier to sometimes see that in someone else but that's the ruthlessness he wants us to have with those areas within ourselves and um, as we do that I believe that we're gonna come into this um, this new era that we're talking about with such an amazing new level of dependence on Holy Spirit that we're going to actually get some things done. Huge strides are going to be made in each area of culture because we're going to learn how to partner with wisdom, with Holy Spirit. So it's good, good, good. Blessings to all of you. Let's see. I'm looking at the chats real quick. Um, Thank you all so much for your comments. Anything else you want to close with, hon? No, just to let you know, um, I think Grace put it on our Facebook, at least Johnny and Elizabeth, um, public Facebook, the interview from a couple of days ago with Larry Sparks on Destiny Image. Yeah, I think, I think it's that, kind of a shorter one, like maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, it's around a half an hour. Yeah. And so it was really you might good. enjoy that. We don't want you to get too much of me. Um, but, um, it's... could never get too much of you, Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you. Anyway, well, blessings on y'all and, um, let's continue to, um, declare good things, hope for good things, expect good things and, um, and continue to expect a wonderful closing of, of April with our roaring Papa showing up on on the scene in a major way. Amen. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.